0: Thank mm-hmm. with alan mosley guys welcome back for
1: another episode of it's too late i am your host alan mosley joined as always by the best producer in late <laughs> night it's blake osborne blake i try to be the best you try to the... be well that's all i mean that's all we can ask for right
0: you know mom said always do your best so yeah you know, i'm kind
1: of <laughs> in that case what happened yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> um so i i didn't i didn't mention this to you before the show but i know you're really bummed out i saw your thing about kanye
0: oh man that sucks I, I was really counting on that dude
1: you know i i know that was change that i could believe in but it's <laughs> I, so for people that don't know it looks like kanye is not in fact going to run for president this year tragic so oh well so you're back to two pedos sorry mm-hmm.
0: yep mm-hmm.
1: what okay. what can you do no yep. i mean you could be like oh, so "Let's just not vote
0: exactly i like that that's a great idea yeah.
1: that's what we do yep um, You know, I saw another thing too right before we went on. Did you see where Walmart is going to like? They're joining the lists of businesses that are going to demand that everyone wear masks in order to the enter. The maskies, yeah, yeah, they're joining uh-huh. the the maskies. The
0: maskies, that's what I'm calling maskies okay. or maskers. Okay.
1: I thought you said Damascus for no, a second. I don't, I don't know why you would say that.
0: No, actually, no. I, should, you I catch shouldn't me drink me in Walmart so much. now, dude. Yeah. I'm not going there. But yeah, I know. That's it, the you know. thing.
1: When I saw that, because. You know that there's certain states that are are doing the lockdown mm-hmm. still and, and demanding the masks and all, or, yeah. or certain cities versus other cities and counties. Um, but if I if you have a Walmart and the Walmart is in a place where they they're not demanding it, then you're you're taking you're like you're taking that upon yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And they actually said that they're gonna they're going to have some of their staff that some of their paid mm-hmm. workers to stand at the doors and demand that people put on masks before yeah. they enter or they can't they can't enter
0: you know what i have to say about that what? if you know what's good for you you'll wear a mask if you go in there anyway
1: well yeah i mean i you know what i can't remember the last time i shopped at walmart yeah i i think we might have talked about this back on the old show yeah. about about i mean i don't i don't shop at walmart anyway because i don't like it and i don't yeah. want to shop there and mm. I'm, I'm willing I to pay you. a little bit more to shop somewhere you. else but but that being neither here nor there is, as soon as I saw that, the very first thing that popped into my head was, why don't they like money? Yeah. It's because if you're making a decision based on what's going to make you the most money, then they would be saying that we're losing more money from people who would shop here but don't because exactly. because we're not enforcing mask exactly. rules as opposed to people who won't shop here because they don't like being told what to do exactly because they don't like being scared by propaganda that's scientifically illiterate but that being neither here nor there that's actually not anything about what today's show about it's just okay. that i saw that and i know i mean obviously a crap ton of people shop at walmart right yeah and in, in, in Sands club but i mean yeah. you know, walmart um and it's just i don't know it's 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 weird to see all the businesses that because of the lockdown lost so much money. Like all the like all the layouts. Remember when we were talking about like Macy's and JCPenney yeah. and all these different stores that were closing oh, yeah. their doors and laying off everybody. Um, then to turn around and see a different retailer and I, and I know they do groceries and stuff, so I guess they would like they were always essential. Yeah. Funny how that works—that your yeah. business wasn't essential, uh-huh. but Walmart was. Walmart
0: was. Ain't ain't yep. ain't that
1: a weird way that that worked out?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't you wish you were essential, Blake?
0: Yeah, I'm not essential.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: that makes me feel very good. It makes you feel good. No. no. <laughs> oh, okay. I think everybody needs to record something, or have a party, or have a DJ at their wedding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Why not? You have the right to get together with your friends and family and have fun and I should play music for you.
1: I've seen I've seen the memes that people were passing around where they were saying like I guess like real estate showings in a lot of places are still considered essential or allowed, but <laughs> opening a business to like like what you're talking about like uh-huh. partying or buying and selling things is not allowed. Right. So there was a there was a bar owner that was saying, so therefore what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm putting the bar on the market and we're going to have showings. On like, you know, on Friday <laughs> night, starting at five o'clock Brilliant. and and refreshments will be will be provided. There you go. Yeah, that's so that's how they're, that's I'm sure they'll have a door charge, you know. Oh, yeah. Cool. So that's that's what we could do, Blake. Yeah, we could do that. We could yeah, say we could that. that that we're 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 thinking we're thinking of selling the party room. And so you can come take a look at and it. Try
0: it out, yeah. And and For bring
1: bring somewhere between thirty and eighty of your yeah, friends. Yeah, try
0: it out. And See to try like. it out, yeah, go. yeah,
1: that makes perfect sense you to know, me. Why not? We'll even we'll even have Fly Guy out front. <laughs> anyway, how was your weekend, buddy?
0: It was pretty good. It was short. It was busy. It was short. Yeah, DJ two weddings. Thank God. That was nice. Is it,
1: is it nice that people are still getting married even though we're all going to die?
0: Yeah, it is. Although yeah. you worry about a lot of folks, I've had a lot of people cancel their special day. It's yeah. sad.
1: Well, I mean, you know, if you're yeah. not going to be alive much longer, than
0: yeah, then you know, yeah. Right. I
1: actually talked to a couple this past weekend that had that had specifically said it. Actually, kind of it warmed my cockles a little bit. They actually said, "Well, we had already like scheduled the the venue." and the catering and Mm. the bartender and all Mm -hmm. this stuff and they felt bad that all those people would be out if they canceled so they went ahead and did what they were doing you know
0: what happened what they got married and everything went really well
1: everything was okay
0: yeah sure
1: okay we didn't hear it bad did we let me ask you this Mm -hmm. just 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 random ballpark how many people would you say were at attendance at both of your events combined this weekend
0: 40 to 50
1: 40 to 50 how many of them were wearing masks one one Mm. was it you
0: no it was just a very older elderly individual at one of the weddings of the two i did
1: yeah well i mean you know he Mm. probably needs to wear a mask because he's you know
0: yeah
1: i mean he's you got tb or something so yeah i don't know you know you gotta do what you gotta do let's just
0: say pre-existing conditions
1: you know how many people were wearing masks out here how many one Really? It was actually, actually it was the, it was the person doing the bartending was wearing a mask. (laughs) And I don't know if like they maybe for some reason felt required, Mm. but they ended up taking their mask off before the night was over. Yeah. So. There you go. You know, it's nice to be around people who don't buy into that. and Uh Because the thing is, is that say you have a few people come in that are maskies, Uh when they see the whole rest of the room not doing it. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the herd mentality, but yeah. it's going the other way. Like <laughs> exactly. when everyone's wearing masks and everyone's giving you the evil eye because yeah. you're not, then you <laughs> might feel compelled. And to And I've put been one there.
0: I, I've experienced that yeah. in some local area, in some of the local establishments. But around but here.
1: vice versa, yeah. when a ton of people are not wearing That's it, and you know right. what, they're fine. That's no right. one's sick.
0: Exactly. Everyone's
1: okay. Everyone's then you fine. then then before the end of the night, you see the person with the mask take
0: uh-huh.
1: it off. Yeah. It kind of you know, like part of me thought. I wish I knew that person because I wonder if, like, they made the conscious decision to not worry about it. I wonder if they put it back on or yeah. if they just say, you know what, I've, I've crossed the Rubicon, just going <laughs> to keep it off. um we have a great show prepared for today we've got we've got the meme of the week we've got the viewer mail which by the way in advance so so blake screwed up again for like Uh the fifth week in a row our viewer mail has gotten way out of hand buddy oh no it's that half the show is going to be viewer mail (laughs) um and then we're going to talk so we've we've covered we've covered police violence and Uh then cops and then cops doing police violence yes for weeks now yes We haven't, we haven't made fun of teachers in a while. So since I like to alienate everyone equally, we're going to get back on the education bandwagon this (laughs) week. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) And then before the end of the show, we're going to talk about some unfortunate tweets by the Libertarian Party nominee for presidency, Joe Jorgensen. She made a tweet that ruffled a few feathers. Okay. And we're going to talk about that tweet and some of the responses. Okay. Later in the show, but don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Hey, uh, hey, Blake. Yeah. What time is it?
0: It's time for... Ooh, I love that one. (laughs)
1: That's why back. Meme of the week. Meme of the
0: week. Ooh.
1: When the red light stops blinking on your jail cell camera and your are oh, Maxwell.
0: Oh, snap. <laughs> he said, oh, snap. I don't think
1: he's saying, oh, snap. I think that that's just the the silent foreboding of what's to come. That's oh. what I see there.
0: What do you think that means if that like red light stops if the
1: blinking? Well, if red light's blinking, that means it's on. Yeah, but if what it's, does it if it mean if, it's if it turns? If it stops blinking, that means it's not on anymore. Oh, if you're, if you're, yeah, that means you're about to get Epsteined, my man. Oh,
0: okay, I get it. Kind of like that Jazine lady. What's her name? Maxwell.
1: Galane. Jazeen. Yeah, literally, what yeah. was just on yep. the screen. So I apologize for everybody. And Blake doesn't watch this show. <laughs> there
0: it is again. He's no. not
1: paying any attention to what's going on. He's <laughs> never seen it. No, he's never nope, seen okay. it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, so Blake doesn't even hear me right now as I'm talking. See the
0: Jazine Maxwell part. I was too busy looking at the dude looking off over his shoulder, like, oh crap. You know, that's what I was doing anyway
1: <laughs> <sighs> we bet okay i don't i would love to spend some time yelling at you but okay. we really just don't have any time because here we, go. <laughs> we got like four pages of viewer mail uh, we got to get to the viewer mail here we go all right here we go <laughs> come up with some music for that clip so that it's not that really like hardcore oh, investigative journalist music
0: for music come
1: on you <laughs> this is a music studio you mean you don't just like have some music that you can just throw on there
0: uh like i could play guitar or something
1: where'd all the music come from for like our commercials and stuff
0: i think we got that like from uh royalty free you know yeah yeah well I just we
1: could... all you gotta do is find one more it's only
0: gonna okay. be like we'll okay. do all right it might be hokey but sure
1: i bet i bet the people listening at home really appreciate that we do like our show prep in the (laughs) middle of the second segment of the show while we're on air
0: well that's what's fun we fly by the seat of our pants right come on yeah
1: Yeah. i'm not wearing any pants that maybe that's why we're not prepared yeah maybe uh lyle durio writes dear alan and blake what make model car do you drive okay what maker mike and model car do you drive well I, well blank i mean blank's a soccer mom so he's got he's got the minivan
0: <laughs> 2011 dodge caravan with this much grass and hay on the floor and every time you open the door garbage falls out it's amazing
1: uh, yeah well so so blank actually <laughs> lives in a van down by the river that's why, that's why i have
0: a lot is. of kids
1: okay so well, let me ask you this what was what was your first car blake
0: Oh, see, I used to be a big car buff when I was a kid, okay, and I owned cars before I could drive.
1: What was your first car?
0: My first car was a Volkswagen beetle that I took <laughs> apart and put back together and sold for money
1: that 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 makes sense for you.
0: I don't know why.
1: That just that just feels right for you, I think.
0: No, I was fourteen and I sold it when I turned fifteen and made like thirty five hundred bucks. I was stoked.
1: Most fifteen year olds are trying to get a car, not not sell one. <laughs> and I like that it was a Volkswagen too, since you're a German.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I understand those air cooled flat fours. Yeah.
1: <sighs> did did you ever have a shaggin wagon at any point?
0: uh okay good story Uh, oh oh god
1: okay do we need to have the sensors turned on (laughs) for this listen to this
0: okay so when i was uh, when i was a teenager um my first car i could actually drive was a Ford bronco that i spent a bunch of money to soup up okay well my my dad knew an auto mechanic who had a van uh it was like one of those 70s shag vans although as naive as i am i had no idea it was a shag van um you know so it kind of looked like the 18 van but it was all red it was pretty sharp looking truck and uh So I swapped cars with the guy, and I drove around van around for a while because I was in a band, and we needed the space to haul our gear. Well, this thing had shad carpet on the inside. It had like a really booming stereo. It was really sharp. But it had this like diamond cutout on the back and a divider that divided the back, and it had a bed in it. And when I say bed, I mean bed. Mm -hmm. And it had a mirror on the ceiling. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. On the bumper, there was a sticker. That said, if this band's a rockin', don't come and knock it. Well, as naive as I am, I figured, well, that fits because we're a rock band, you know, why not? Well, I drive it to church for the first time, and my youth pastor gets a good look at me and goes, you know, if I were you, I'd take that sticker off that band. You asked.
1: Bless your heart.
0: Mm-hmm. I get that a lot.
1: My first car was a brown 84 Ford Tempo.
0: Rockin'.
1: Yeah. It was a tank. That was when they still made sedans that could drive through brick walls. No problem.
0: If I remember correctly, there was more metal on a tempo on the body than there was in the engine. It was
1: heavy. It was heavy, and it was made when the interstate speed was supposed to be like 55. So the the speedometer only went up to 85. So when I was driving on modern interstate going, say, 74, the engine's just going wham
0: yeah man that's great i
1: missed the tempo the tempo was the tempo was it was, was terrible in an rock, awesome man. way <laughs> so anyway there you go there you go uh andrew avery writes dear alan and blake how do you get off a non-stop flight so i know andrew Andrew's just trying to bait us with his pun but i'm actually going to answer his question okay a lot of people think that like you know they tell you like you, you need to be situated and ready to go because once mm-hmm. the plane takes off you know sure. it's it's taken off oh yeah but i promise you you can get them to land that plane
0: oh yes you can (laughs) if you
1: if you literally just stand up where you are and just 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 look at just look at
0: just look at them like (laughs) sir i'm gonna need you to take your seat (laughs)
1: land the plane
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, oh yeah Definitely eventually definitely, they're definitely.
1: gonna eventually they're gonna take some they're gonna take some actions. you got a phone call
0: there, Blake yeah, unfortunately, I forgot to put it on silent this morning
1: i like how I like how Blake does his accents when he knows he's <laughs> fucked up. hey,
0: <laughs> so Eat. since
1: we said a bad word, I'm gonna have to mention suzanne sherman oh, Suzanne no. Sherman's the Wasatch report okay, there you go hi go. Suzanne. Hi uh david willemowski jr Oh, dave and mary from liberty late night dave writes dear alan and blake is it rude to turn down a gift of smoked fish like a whole fish if you know nobody in your house is going to eat it is it rude to turn down a whole fish if you know nobody in your house is going to eat it blake
0: i think so anytime somebody gives you a gift that they're trying to honestly be genuine yeah don't turn it down man that's rude
1: yeah, so so they already bought it, so Yeah, so David, I, I actually lean towards yeah, that it is a little rude because you can just like you can just re-gift it. You can just give it to somebody else if you know <laughs> no one, you know. There's nothing I like, you know, if you if you happen to see someone on the street and say, Hey, do you like do Smoke you like fish. fish?
0: Yeah. There might be a statute of limitation on that though.
1: A statute a statute of limitations sta- on, 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 on whole smoked fish, fish giving. Yeah so it is rude and you know what you could just give it a try yeah like why why is nobody in your house going to eat it like oh well look at we're the Wilimowski's. we only eat you know caviar and filet mignon at our house (laughs) (sighs) anyway uh ryan seaford asked dear alan and blake does Mm -hmm. chocolate belong on fruit Okay, so the word belong is a really loaded word. Mm. To say that it belongs on fruit means that it must be. I, I don't. I, I mean, that's obviously not true because you can obviously have chocolate and obviously have fruit and they can be separate. So I don't, I don't oh, yeah. think the word belong is correct. But I mean, who like chocolate-covered strawberries, yeah. right? Like those are pretty chocolate good.
0: Chocolate-covered pineapple, man.
1: What is it with you and pineapple?
0: I love pineapple.
1: You were drinking a pineapple Pepsi earlier. Yes,
0: I was. And if I could get up and go get it. But let me tell you, pineapple Pepsi that's the stuff good
1: it's probably that's probably why you're like this all the time by the way yeah exactly there's a
0: lot of sugar in that
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> the most excited i've ever heard you uh sherry clark writes dear alan and blake what is your favorite breakdance movie of all time um well obviously in in the genre of breakdance movies uh the best is the godfather <clears throat> so there you go uh jeff johnson writes dear alan and blake have either of you ever cried your way out of a speeding ticket blake have you ever cried your way out of a speeding ticket never gotten
0: stacks of them that just didn't work i'm just not cute enough
1: yeah oh well you know i've never gotten a speeding ticket i've never been pulled over
0: you've never had a speeding ticket no impressive
1: yeah, you know, this is so this goes back that we're like on a three-week stretch now. So this goes back to the perfect heist thing that if you're getting caught, you did something wrong. What is, our our audience are the are the worst criminals. They are criminals, they're just the worst ones. So there you go. Uh Tom Arnold writes, Dear Alan and Blake, are you really from Alabama? No. What are you I'm not from Alabama. Well,
0: there's nothing wrong with Alabama, but Oh, there's a lot see?
1: wrong with Alabama.
0: Well, I'd just be a nice.
1: Like, there's there's states like Tennessee, and then there's shithole states like Alabama. Yeah, I said it. Okay. You know why all the trees in Tennessee lean south, don't you? Why? Because Alabama sucks. Dadisms. I mean, and you're from Florida, so where does the Alabama stuff come from, Tom?
0: I have no idea where he gets that. I don't know.
1: So, whoever's spreading lies about us that our program is from Alabama, you need to go to euthanasia.com slash Alabama (laughs) to get the, anyway. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, Celeste Annis writes, dear Alan and Blake, did your parents accidentally leave you behind somewhere as a child? Blake, did your parents ever leave you behind somewhere as a child by accident? Never. No?
0: My mother was way too close. (laughs) Way
1: too, (laughs) way too close. And and that she sounds... gives me a
0: lot of freedom as a teenager, though, which was really great. Well,
1: that's good. I you must have it, earned I it. You, except for that van. Mm. Other than that,
0: there were many vans. What
1: did your What did your What did your mom think about the shaggin' wagon?
0: Like me, I don't think she had any idea.
1: Okay. Huh. Mm. All right. Um, they never accidentally left me anywhere, uh, but I mean, I'm sure they probably did several times on purpose. <laughs> so. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> I mean they already had one. They had my brother, so they you know you don't need two.
0: Yeah, I got four.
1: Well, it's, that's why that's why you got the van. <laughs> so you had the van, and that's why you wound up with four kids, and now you've got a different van. That's what happened. No, it's uh, Kim Brown writes: Dear Allen and Blake, uh, hard shell or soft shell tacos? Hard shell or soft shell?
0: Both. What do you expect me to be like a taco racist or something? Come on, tacos are amazing. <laughs> eat any kind of taco you want.
1: Oh man, so
0: it just depends on what mood you're in, you know.
1: If I get those crappy things that that passes food from Taco Bell, I actually get soft shell because I can just roll them up like little miniature burritos or yeah. whatever. Exactly. Uh, but when I have like actual good tacos, I do hard shell. So the answer is hold yes. Hard shell hold on. or soft hold shell? On, hold yes.
0: On. Hold on. No. 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 Wait. No. But see, then you made the taco into a burrito. So it's therefore no longer a taco.
1: We're not doing this today.
0: Oh, come on. You no, I had you.
1: you're trying to steal my thunder. <laughs> uh, Daniel Blanchett writes, Dear Alan and Blake, what percentage of Mike Meharry's income are you paying in federal taxes this year? So, so Mike, uh, was he had just made a post talking about how he was getting ready to pay his taxes. And oh, so yeah. for anybody, who, anybody who's self-employed, like you know the government the government loves to find people who who you know make their own way and earn their own own earn their own living yeah because then they just you know
0: take all of it well you, yeah. know, you know that
1: meme of the guy doing the like he's pointing at his hand like you know like give uh-huh. me we should we should make one we should do that we should what? make memes and i don't mean like make crappy memes for the internet. like i mean like film the meme oh like 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 artistic expression like we dress up and we make the meme real yeah. and and we're
0: staged memes yeah Yeah. like we
1: can use the green screen to have the background of the meme but like we're dressed up as the characters you know
0: it's a brilliant idea let's do this
1: we should do that yeah we can only do that if people go to our patreon and and give us money so that we have money to blow on things like making (laughs) real life memes (laughs) i'm look i'm an artist i'm an artist it's what it is that's right uh joseph haggerty writes dear alan and blake what state offers the best chance of liberty um, none. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the, they're not really, I mean, I, I know what he's trying to say, but I'm, I'm a semantics person, so I'm like that. I mean, no state's offering jack crap when it comes to liberty. Only, only you can offer liberty for yourself. Um, right. So it's really, I, I guess really the question more is, is you should find a place to live where you're around other like-minded people. And I know there's the Free State Project, but I'm not going up there. It's cold. i'm not going to new hampshire it's cold frosty if it's if it's if it's below 70 to 75 degrees i'm not going outside i'm i'm from the south so i I, so joseph i don't know where you're from but somewhere where you're around like-minded people but south of kentucky so there you go uh eric eli writes uh dear alan and blake was joe jorgensen's tweets about blm her aleppo moment we will actually be talking about that in the final segment today. Okay. We're, so, so I will cover that in, in length, so I don't want to spoil it here. Right. Um, we actually have, believe it or not, I'm looking at the clock down here, we actually have like a bajillion more viewer mail questions, but we're going to have to save them. Yep. We're going to have to save them for another time because, guys, we're like halfway through the show and we haven't <laughs> even done the first article <laughs> yet. Oh,
2: so-
1: I know I sound like I complain, but I re- like if, if I could get, a million people to watch this show and pay us money and all i did was answer viewer mail i would totally do that (laughs) that's
0: all we do (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, particularly the food questions yes 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 that is what i would do (laughs) of course so anyway (laughs) commercial break yes sir let's take a commercial break we'll be right back We've 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 pretty much badmouthed everybody in this program, I think, at some point. So I, you know, it's I think it's time to give everybody a trigger warning. If you haven't seen the show before, if this is your first time, or if you haven't seen that many episodes of the show, and you are an educator and you believe in the school system, now's the time to turn off the program.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So uh, there's a, there's this guy named Corey DeAngelis, and I really like Corey. He he has all this really awesome information about. Um, about education and, and government funding and school choice and, and, and trying to give parents and students more choices and taking the money out of, out of government education, and that sort of thing. Uh, and he, and he's written an article and he also has some tweets as well, but what spurned this was the ladies over at the view. Now the view, which is of course, just quality programming. I mean, you want to talk about just the greatest television show of all time. Talking about the the educational, just the stimulating intellectual thought that comes from the ladies over at The View. I mean, we can never compare to that on this program. But the ladies at The View were arguing about education just recently when Joy Behar, who of course is the greatest teacher of all time, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, she made a comment on the show. So it was a pull Defunding quote, like, it.
0: Why do they keep defunding education? Every time I turn around, it's less money. I was a teacher. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, Megan? Right.
1: Every time I turn around, they have less money because, because they, who, who's they? Right. She means Republicans because she's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. They keep defunding education. You know, there's a big problem with what Joy said. It's not true. it's not, I mean, it's not even a little true. It's completely objectively false. And Corey goes into great detail about how it is completely not true. So I'm actually going to read really quickly a couple of, of, uh, Corey's tweets on the matter when he was talking about this horrific statement. So he says, it's not true. If you look at inflation adjusted education spending per student in the United States, 1950, about $3,000. 1960, $4,000. 1970, $6,500. 1980, a little over $8,000. 1990, 11006 T- The year 2000, 12008 The year 2010, $15,232. And 2017, 15424 So that is a 280% real increase since 1960. No, we haven't defunded education for years, which leads us to the article. You go ahead and pull up a quick view of that. No, we haven't defunded education for years by Matthew Nielsen and Corey DeAngelis. This was back on June 11th in the Washington Examiner. He says, they say if you repeat a lie often enough, it will become the truth. Several viral social media posts claim legislators have been draining education funding for years. A tweet from a high school football coach asserting that, quote, they've been defunding education for years has garnered over half a million likes in just a few days. Says T.J. McKay says, defunding the police sounds radical until you realize we've been defunding education for years. Of course, take a quick break. Who's we? We haven't been defunding Jack. You've been robbing me to pay for education. Right. If I had the power to defund it, I totally would. Yeah. So we know that that's just not true. And the problem is we haven't defunded education. We've done the opposite. On average, the U.S. spends over $15,000 per student each year. And inflation adjusted K-12 education spending per student has increased by 280% since 1960. In California, where the previously mentioned football coach resides, inflation adjusted spending on K-12 education has increased by 129% since 1970. Furthermore, data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that nearly a third of all state budget expenditures go towards education. A third of all state budget expenditures to education.
0: That's a big chunk.
1: It's a big chunk. Do you, do you think they're getting their value for their for their buck? I don't think so. You don't think so? Mm-hmm. This is a particularly pernicious myth. I like that, by the way. Particularly pernicious. (laughs) Uh, In the education debate, because increased education spending generally isn't associated with better results. Stanford University economist Eric Konashek reviewed nearly 400 studies on the topic and concluded that, quote, there is not a strong or consistent relationship between student performance and school resources. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Pouring more money into the same broken system won't fix the deeper problem. Government monopolies, have weak incentives to cater to the needs of their customers while spending money wisely. So what's funny about this, and and he's going to go into this in a little bit, but I want to stop right there to talk about that word monopoly. Mm -hmm. If you go out on the street and you just say to mo- most people, you know, what is a monopoly? And we're not talking about the board game. What is a monopoly? For the most part, they probably have a general idea of what a monopoly is. Is that Well, there's, you know, there's some, some, some rich carpetbagger has, has bought up all of something and he's the only one that offers that thing. And so he has a monopoly on it. So that means he can jack prices way up because there's no competitors, right? That, right. Most people have this cartoonish idea of what a monopoly is. But the thing is, and we've talked about this on the show before and, and the, 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 just the, the monopoly myth being what it is, but the point being is, is that most people's vision of a monopolist is like, like the monopoly guy, right? Like you've got the guy in the tux and the top hat and the mustache and he's carrying his sacks of money because, you know, the money sign on it and, and it's, it's an individual though, right? It's some rich, greedy businessman oh, who's yeah. created the monopoly and now he's taking advantage of people. And again, you could break that whole idea down easily, but I want to focus more on the fact of who they see as the enemy. In their mind, the enemy is that rich, greedy businessman, businessman, singular, right? Uh But the government is really the only true monopolist. Because the government uses the power of the legal system and, the, and the, so it uses laws, it uses guns, it uses the police state mm-hmm. to ensure that it is the only one that gets to do certain things. And so really the only true monopolist is the state. The state has monopoly on violence. Mm-hmm. And while they don't technically have a monopoly on education, it's, it's very difficult for privates and charter schools to operate in a world where public education system is going to be just just a swath, just tons of taxpayer dollars while they try to regulate small, you know, private schools out of business. But he goes on, why won't this myth ever die? And why do defenders of the government schooling monopoly fight so hard against legitimate data showing that we've clearly increased education funding substantially over time? Part of the problem might have to do with media outlets often getting the basic facts wrong. The media gets things wrong, Blake. Can you believe that? Oh, yeah. False claims around education spending often go uncorrected, and corrections are likely to go unnoticed, especially when outlets drag their feet or make stealth edits. For example, Robert Pianta, the dean of the Curry School of Education at the University of Virginia, authored a piece for the Washington Post falsely claiming that, quote, public funding for schools has actually decreased since the late 1980s. With prodding and evidence to the contrary, a correction was made to the article but it was eight days after the article was published. A couple of months later, the Philadelphia inquirer Inquirer similarly claimed that there have been quote drastic cuts to funding over the last few decades in education. That's not true in the United States. It's not true in Pennsylvania either. The outlet eventually corrected the statement to say funding has actually increased, but that didn't stop them from sticking to the same narrative. In April, An article in the Washington Post falsely claimed that, quote, education funding remained below pre-recession levels in real dollar terms in most states, sometimes up to 30 percent. Its own source in the article even showed that the claim was false on two counts. Quote, real education spending actually increased in most states and no state decreased funding by 30 percent. In May. An article in the New York Times falsely claimed that, quote, a year of U.S. public education costs about $400 billion. Its own source showed they were off by a long shot. The U.S. spends about $739 billion each year on K-12 education, about 85% higher than the original false claim. Also last month, the Washington Post claimed that D.C. schools spend, quote, $11,310 in base spending per student. That's extremely misleading. The most recent data from the U.S. Census Bureau showed that the district spends over $31,000 per student each year. Wow, Washington, D.C. spends $31,000 per student every year. Could you imagine, imagine? Could you imagine? So you've got four kids, right? Yeah. Could you imagine being given say a a voucher for $120,000 and said, "Okay, you have to spend this on your kids' education."
0: Okay, let's just say let's do that, and then yeah. I'll only put like a third of that into education, and we'll be fine. We won't have to do anything else.
1: Well, even if they said you, it had to be educational purposes sure. only. Like, dude, like we'd we build a laboratory. I
0: know. <laughs> for your kids. <laughs> we'd You're, build a school.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Like, you you and your neighbors could get together and just, like, build a, a shuttle and go to space oh, to show them what space is Lord. like for the amount of money. Um. <sighs> So here we go. The false claims consistently purport that we spend less than we actually do. In that sense, it shouldn't surprise us that so many people believe that we have been, quote, defunding education for years. And if the public believes America spends less on education, then they will be misled to push policymakers to throw more money at the problem without fixing real systemic issues. One of the main issues with this approach is that too few federal dollars actually make it to the classroom. Imagine that. Benjamin Scafidi's seminal report, Back to the Staffing Surge, outlines that the problem with K-12 education funding in America today isn't the overall amount of dollars going into government schools, but how those dollars are allocated by school districts. Surges in staffing and administrative bloat have become the norm across the country. Oh, yeah. From 1950 to 2009, student populations increased by 96%. Non-teaching staff increased by 702%. There he (laughs) goes. Most recently, Scafidi observed that between 1992 and 2014, real education spending per pupil increased by 27%, whereas real teacher salaries dropped by 2%. What makes defenders of the government schooling monopoly think that the money will actually make it to the classroom this time around? How can we change the system so that education dollars are wisely spent? How can we ensure that the money will be used to help students? These are the kinds of questions we should be having. There's a lot of room to debate the costs and benefits of pouring more money into the current education system, but these discussions must be based on an agreed-upon set of basic facts rather than emotions. So, So to kind of emphasize that final point there is that if, if, they're mis, if they're misleading the public into believing that education spending is down, then what are they really saying? They're, they're, not make, they're not trying to make this point, even if that point were true. They're not making that point to just put it in a vacuum and walk away. Right. What they're really saying is, 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 therefore, we should increase education spending. But the fact of the matter is, is that education spending has gone up and up and up. And test oh, yeah. scores have stayed the same or gone a little bit up yeah. or down here and there, but nowhere in correlation to the resources that are being used. Right. So, so it comes around to the, to the real question is if they're lying about education spending and they're trying to mislead, mislead people to try to get, get the votes, get the public discourse moving in such a way that more money can be spent on education, but then you also know full well that the, that money's not actually going to students and teachers, right. that that's not going to education. Right. That's going to administration. That's going to pay fat cat salaries. That's going to pay yeah. the salaries of people that are either A, in a teacher's union and are totally protected from their horrible, yeah. their, their horrible standards or B, it's, it's going to some bureaucrat uh-huh. who you never meet, who, who doesn't, by the way, who doesn't answer to you. Right. Who doesn't answer to you in any way. These. It's, it's so funny because right now in the, in the Twitter sphere, in the social media sphere, you have a lot of liberals who are of course saying, you know, the, the, the is going to kill us all. Therefore we have to keep schools closed. And you have a bunch of conservatives, conservatives. Now Mm -hmm. you have a bunch of conservatives saying, we got to open the schools back up. The kids got to go to school. The funny thing about that is, is that the schools are terrible. And these same conservatives have been spouting the lies that, you know, the education, uh, education system is taken over by the progressive establishment. They're filling our heads with a bunch of progressive nonsense. Then why do you want the schools to open back up? Why are you, why are you defending that system? Why are you still sending your kids to those schools? If you think the schools are that bad and filling your heads with a bunch of ideological trash.
0: Because there's no better babysitter. Mm -hmm. I think you nailed it there, Blake. Oh, yeah. There's no better babysitter.
1: It's because they would have to take more things in their own hands, and they don't really... They think they do, but they don't really want to.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right.
1: We're just calling out everybody today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I say that as as some... Like, you know, I went to public schools. Yeah. -hmm. And they're literal prisons. Yeah. I mean, they're literal prisons for children. Um, So, anyway... Uh, it's, it's so funny when we cover any random topic that's kind of off the meta, like everyone's still talking about the Rona, um, and, but we, we covered this. Yeah. And what's so great about this is that if, if they spend billions of dollars of your money, if, if it's wasted and wasted and wasted, and then they turn around and lie about it, so you know these people are liars and thieves, then why do you believe them about the lockdowns? Why do you believe them about the mask mandates?
0: Yeah, good point.
1: Just saying. Yeah. These people are not your friends. They don't answer to you, and they're not incentivized to do a good job. So don't give them any money. And don't demand the schools be open. You know, I, I hope, you're right. The Rona is terrifying. I think we should keep public schools closed for the rest of the millennium.
0: There you go. Next 10 years. That's a great idea.
1: Did you say 10 years? Wait,
0: you said millennium. I
1: okay. said millennium. Millennium. So, yeah, that so that that's. Million, th- that
0: means a million years, right? So I'm, so, actually,
1: I'm actually so really happy because this is like the first time you actually turned on your headset and you've heard me talk.
0: No, I've been paying attention to this. Time. Nah, you haven't.
1: No, you haven't. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: In the next segment, we're going to talk about some spicy uh, tweets by Joe Jorgensen. That, nice. That's what everybody's been talking about. So, I'm going to talk about it in the next segment. We'll be right back after this. So one thing I forgot to mention, you know, we had, we had uh, Brian Kaplan on the show and he wrote one of my favorite books, which was the case against education and yep. something he talks about in that book. And he, he mentioned it briefly on the show as well is social desirability bias. What that is, is that people, people themselves can have a really hard time with the, with education, with the education system. They could have had bad experiences themselves mm-hmm. and they can see all that stuff that we just talked about. but it's, they, it's socially desirable to have an education system. Like they want there to be one and they want it to work. It doesn't work. The one that exists doesn't work, but they want it to. And since they desire it, they have a bias towards not taking steps to dismantle it, not coming out as in opposition to it because it's something, it's something that's desirable, albeit this particular one isn't effective A social desirability bias. But anyway, so Blake, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Libertarian Party nominee for the presidency, Joe Jorgensen, uh-huh. yeah. who had, had been making some headway. I, I feel uh-huh. like some people maybe not were not thrilled with her as a candidate on the front end, but then she started to say and do some pretty radical things. I feel like she was starting to win over a little bit of the base.
2: Okay.
1: She made a tweet. Okay. She made a tweet this last weekend. They had their big soiree down in Orlando. And she made yeah. a tweet. Go ahead, go ahead and pull up that tweet right there. She said, It is not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag Vote Gold.
0: What does that mean?
1: Well, the, the exact meaning of that tweet is what got so many people's feathers ruffled. Because she said it's not enough. It's not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Now, right off the bat, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you when, when you're running on the libertarian ticket, you're supposed to be representing libertarians. This is supposed to be a libertarian issue, mind you. Right. The liber- libertarians are not about we's and must.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Libertarians are not about telling people what they must do and it's not supposed to be about we. It's, there is no we. We're individuals. It's just individual people. It's not we, and we don't go around telling anyone what they must do. Bingo. So right off the bat, that's that's where some of the hoopla comes in. Second thing is is hashtags Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Now now I will read a, a little like adjoining statement she made. She took a lot of heat for this comment, and so she, they they gave the follow up tweet. Hashtag Black Lives Matter means standing in solidarity with a mourning black community as we we fight together to end qualified immunity, police brutality, sentencing disparities, and the war on drugs, not support of any organization by that name. The problem is, is that there is an organization by that name. The problem is, is that by and large the people in the movement, the people on the streets seem perfectly comfortable with echoing and being in cahoots with the actual official organization, Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter are Marxist. They, they, They have literally said themselves, they have come out in audio and video and said that we are about and trained Marxists, the people who run Black Lives Matter. This, this is the, this is the lowest of the low of poisonous, disgusting collectivist monsters are Marxists and Marxists run black lives matter of which there is a movement called Black lives matter. I, I don't, I feel like it is, it is intellectually dishonest to even attempt to divorce the two different things because they're not, they're not divorced. They are the same thing. Now I understand that there is a movement of people who, who seek justice. But if you're going to say hashtag Black Lives Matter, and by the way, she did it in capitals, capital B, black, capital L, lives, capital M, matter. That's everything about it is the implication of an organization, of a, of a unified front. And they're Marxists. So, no, I, you you messed up. That's what she did. She messed up. And so. There was a, a tweet in response to her by Michael Malice. Now, by the way, I want to point out Michael Malice has a significantly larger following and reach than Joe Jorgensen does, even though she is yeah. current nominee for president of the United States. So Michael Malice tweeted this at Joe Jorgensen. He said, as the libertarian candidate for president, do you support the repeal of anti-discrimination laws? Now, Malice is a troll, but this isn't, this isn't really trolling. This is an, this is a genuine question. And what, and what makes this a genuine question, and, and obviously what he's stabbing at here is that she said, we must be actively anti-racist. What does that mean? If, if you say we must be actively anti-racist, then you're saying we must do things. And you're, and of course we is collective. So let's say the government, the state together, we must do things. Now, yeah, she followed up, blah, 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 qualified immunity, police brutality, but no, 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 no. As a libertarian candidate for president, do you support the repeal of anti-discrimination laws? Because if you were going to do something to be actively anti-racist, well those things have been done. We we have anti-discrimination laws. Mm-hmm. And we actually talked about this on this very show just th- maybe about a month ago when I was making the point that it, when you, when you seek to be actively anti-racist and you pass laws and regulations to force businesses, force people to do certain things, that's not changing their hearts and minds in any way. No. Someone who is genuinely a die in the wool racist isn't going to become not racist the next day because you pass a law saying he has to serve certain people at his, at his lunch counter. He has not changed. You've just right. passed a law to force him to run his business the way he, way he doesn't want to. Right at the at the heart of libertarianism at at for, at the heart of being an anarchist at at the heart of liberty are property rights
2: uh-huh.
1: and and we've talked about it, it maybe it's been a little while we used to talk about this on the old show all the time is that no one ever said having principles was supposed to be easy But principles are something that you believe in that they then guide your decision-making. They they guide how you feel and react on a variety of issues. I've said before that I I, I don't trust people that are kind of all willy-nilly deciding what they think on issues as they come, because that makes me think that they're literally making a decision there and then, as opposed to having foundational principles that guide their decision-making. We believe in property rights. I believe in property rights. I believe that you own yourself and no one has a greater claim to your body and and what you do than you. Right. And by extension, you have your property and no one has a greater claim to your property than you. To open up the Pandora's box to even insinuate that the state can tell you how to run your business, how to live your life, then you're, you're throwing that principle away and you're saying that, well, in certain instances, and when we say so, the state or your neighbors, the government has a greater right to tell you what you can and can't do with yourself and your property than you do. And I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that is not a road you want to go down. You don't want to go down that road. So if you're going to be ideologically consistent, if you're going to believe in property rights as a principle, if you're going to believe in self-ownership, then you have to be against anti-discrimination laws. The reason why this question cuts so deep for someone like a Joe Jorgensen, after the comments that she made, is that this is, this is not really like wonky oddball stuff. This is really libertarianism 101. Like property rights and being against things like anti-discrimination laws because they are against property rights. This is libertarianism 101. And if you don't believe in that, you are not a libertarian. Yes, I said those words. I'm playing the Rickest Rick game. If you don't believe in property rights and, and taking that to its logical conclusion, then you are not a libertarian. You don't understand liberty. You don't understand libertarianism or anarchy or any of those things. You must believe in property rights. You must believe in self-ownership. And they are all one and the same. I'll, I'll have you know that despite Michael Malice being probably far and away uh, the the highest celebrity, the person with the most reach and influence of people that have responded to Joe Jorgensen, she has not answered that question. (laughs) She to this, to, as of this recording, she has not answered that question. Now plenty of other people have come sauntering into White Knight for Joe Jorgensen, Mm -hmm. but she, the campaign hasn't answered that question. Now with all that said, I do want to make a couple of quick comments. First, I don't think, I don't think Joe runs her own Twitter. I think, now that doesn't mean she didn't endorse the tweet. That doesn't mean that she doesn't necessarily agree with the tweet. But I don't think she runs her own Twitter. I think someone else posted that. And now it's kind of like a, you know, everything's on fire. And we, don't, we don't know how to put it out. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is, is that say a little something about identity politics. There's so many things that Joe Jorgensen could have tweeted that would have helped to grow the base, that would have been speaking to the people that are there, and that would have been trying to get the message out. Because as we talk about many, many a time on the show, I don't, I don't support or endorse any political candidate because I don't care about politicians. I don't care about people trying to win elections. I care about the message. And if all she was trying to do was spread the message, then this was a big yikes. If she's trying to win votes, then I guess she's trying to get votes from the BLM crowd, but I can tell you they ain't going to vote for you. They, you can't kowtow to these people because they're not gonna support you. But that being neither here nor there, it looks like she's trying to get votes. It doesn't look like she's trying to spread the message with this particular tweet. But I don't think she sent the tweet. So the point is, is that there's so many better things. Like nobody likes taxes. Nobody likes having to pay taxes. Everyone hates the IRS. Everyone who's ever had to deal with the IRS hates the IRS. So you could put out a tweet saying taxes suck, abolish the IRS. Don't you hate the, any, any amount of memes of, if you're going to spray paint a building, go spray paint this way. It could be a picture of the IRS building. And that, and that would, that would bring some smiles. That would get some likes and some shares. She could have talked about on the front end, ending qualified immunity. She could have talked about police brutality. You can talk about those subjects without, with leaving BLM out of it. Uh, the war on drugs. Oh, that's a big one. That sh- I mean, that should be just a core thing for any libertarians platform is right. let's end the war on drugs. Let's end the wars overseas. Let's bring the troops home. Um, of course, we, we say taxation is theft all the time and that's a popular phrase, but really, really go after the IRS because everyone hates the IRS. People hate, people hate the DMV. So when you're talking about how government is terrible, everything, talk about specific ways and, in, in organi- parts of state that they're terrible at. Say, hey, we've been to the DMV. Was it? Did it suck? Did they give you terrible service? Were the lines out the door? That's government. Do you hate the IRS? Do they take your money? Are you on the phone for hours trying to get an update? The government sucks. There's so many things she could have tweeted. There's so many things she could have tweeted specifically within the realm of recent protests, but she didn't. She tweeted, hashtag Black Lives Matter, and she treated, we must be actively anti-racist. That is a big, big mistake. She can't, she, not only has she not answered the question, do you support the repeal of anti discrimination laws, I understand that she's worried about political strategy. And as someone who's worried about political strategy, she can't answer that question. I don't support politicians. I don't support, support Joe Jorgensen. I don't support the Libertarian Party. This is exactly why. We will be right back after this break. Like us on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash funnybroke. You can follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com at Alan M. Mosley. Subscribe to our YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash funnybroke. Uh, Okay, we don't have much time. I have a whole list of questions just from our social media wizard, Jonathan. (laughs) We're going to do it really quick. Jonathan writes, Alan and Blake, how long do you look at yourself in the mirror? Um... I mean, when, when you look this good, uh, a long time. Uh, do you have any skull decorations? No, you, ha- you have a monopoly on skull decorations. Jonathan is the greedy capitalist.
0: I have skull decorations.
1: Uh, is Jesus technically a zombie? No, he is not because no. he was brought back to life. Zombies right, are the right. undead, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you agree yeah, with that? Okay, I, I
0: agree.
1: I have a boar skull. Should I place it at the front door like a wreath or in the bathroom? In the bathroom, because you do it at the front door, someone will steal it it's so it's so good it's so good yeah yeah. do you think the entertainment industry will ever recover from the covid collapse um it will eventually i do i do think we will get back to quote unquote normal but it'll be a long time time. finally if blm supporters hate you for saying all lives matters would they hate you for saying brow lives matter yes because it's not about any of that it's about the agenda guys thank you so much and we will see you next week